A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Good morning, Betsy. What are you doing? I just banged my coffee cup on accident. Uh-huh. I heard that. It was like, you know, waking up when you're camping and they have the everyone has their little tin cups and their little tin plates that they're eating. I've never off. been camping. You don't want to know why? <laughs> Cuz you don't like nature? <laughs> no, I really like nature. I don't like public restrooms or nature or, going <laughs> or not public restrooms well yeah no restroom. i just hit my coffee cup again i'm gonna we're gonna move yeah that before you spill yes it. yes all yes, of that all because of that. there's so many things that go through my head poison ivy <laughs> ticks yeah i mean there's a lot that could go wrong uh-huh in a nature excursion. so really nature you like nature but nature scares you is what I you're like, telling me <laughs> yes i'm very uncomfortable around nature sometimes uh-huh. i did a whole ton of weeding this past week yeah and I, I just, I don't, I don't think that I shouldn't say that like that because you're going to jump all over that. I don't think in the order that I should think. <laughs> See, I should think when I look at all of the weeds, uh-huh. I should think, hey, some of that could be poison ivy. Oh, right. Okay? That would make sense. Let's look it up. Uh-huh. Or let's ask a child because the Who children know? always know. <laughs> right. Instead, I jump into it. Uh-huh. And I lay in it, and I'm pulling and weeds back and forth. And let me guess, you weren't wearing gloves. No. Of or course not. pants. I had shorts on. <laughs> I had pants, but, you know, shorts. Okay. Anyway, I'm completely covered in it. Uh-huh. And then I'm looking at the leaves, and that little rhyme is going through my head. Leaves uh-huh. of three. Uh-huh. What's that? What's that? I don't know. Anyway, there's something anyway. about leaves of three. Yes. And everything I'm grabbing has leaves of three. Of course. That's when I start thinking about it. Oh, so anyway, man. I'm looking at my arm and I'm completely, you know, I don't think I ran into poison ivy, but I mm. ran into something. You know, there's a thing called glamping. It's like glamour glamping. camping. They okay, put the I two need things to glamp. Together. That's what, I, yes. I think they made that just for you. <laughs> I'll get there someday. I'll toughen up. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, once the poison ivy wears off uh-huh. or whatever I've got. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. I don't know what the point was. You were talking about camping. Yes. I got off on a tangent. Yeah, imagine that. Let's um, talk about what we're talking about today. Yeah, we're talking with Jennifer Butler and Andy Yates about the advantages of hiring a designer and what to look for if you do plan to hire one. And we're going to talk about everything we learned, a boatload of information, right? <laughs> yes. We learned a lot. We did. On a desk refinishing project that we mm-hmm. tackled. This one yeah. was a roll-top desk. Yeah. And we ran into a lot of bumps along the way. We've been teasing it for a while, but now it's done and we're going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, finally over. Yeah. Yeah. Turned out well. It did. I love it. Anyway, ton to learn. Yes. But before we get to that, let's Mm. talk about things that I've experienced (laughs) in the past two weeks. Okay. Because I have had a big last couple of weeks. Yes. I had a wedding that I attended Mm -hmm. for my brother-in-law a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And the rehearsal was a Thursday night. Mm -hmm. And we did all of that. We got home. I got cleaned up and ready to go to bed. And I noticed that the house, it's like 11 o'clock at night. Mm. I noticed the house was 80 degrees. Not cool. (laughs) Well, literally, not cool. Right. (laughs) Anyway, the air conditioner isn't working. Yeah. So terrifying. That's always very frustrating. Well, yeah, because it was hot. Well, it's hot, but I'm thinking about the expense. Yeah, that too. You know, every time you turn around, there's money Mm -hmm. going out, it feels like. Right. Anyway, a week later, another Thursday night, the very next Thursday night, at 1030 at night, quarter to 11, (laughs) 
I'm informed by my wife that the washer is now leaking water all over the floor in the laundry room. I'd be afraid of Thursday nights at this point. I am not looking forward to Thursday (laughs) nights. No. What a pain. Uh Very scary things. That happens a lot Mm -hmm. when we own a home. I mean, that is, in fact, I was bemoaning the fact and I said, I just want to go back and be a kid Uh where all you have to worry about is the snacks that are right. or aren't in the cupboard right. where you wish they were. Mm-hmm. You know, life's so easy at that point. Yeah. Now we've got to take way. care of all this stuff. We've got to find the money to fix it. Right. But that's what we want to talk about is the fact that not everything, not every big project that you run into or every big problem that you encounter in, in your home mm-hmm. needs to result in you shelling out tons of money to repair people. Well, and not every project when you run into these things is as monumental as we make it out to be. We're terrified just looking at something like the air conditioner, whatever, I don't know how to fix that. Mm -hmm. And we just, we don't even look it up. We just assume we have to hire someone. So the very first step before you start to really panic, go to the internet. That's what Google is for at 11 o'clock at night is to look things up and don't read just the first article or the first two. Go through three, four, five, right. six. Watch some videos. Be smart. I mean, you can tell right. who knows what they're doing right. and who doesn't because yeah. there are there are really bad videos out there, mm-hmm. but there are really good ones that will walk you through right almost everything. Mm -hmm. There's so many things to talk about with this. You know, really what we want to stress is jump in and try some of these things. The air conditioner is a great example. Absolutely terrifying because it's outside of really my comfort zone in a big way. And yet, as I started to think about it, Mm -hmm. I started to troubleshoot. And that whole process of troubleshooting is an art. And it's something you can perfect and really get good at. Mm -hmm. And we do it with paint all the time. I did it with the the air conditioner mm-hmm. because once the initial I know, panic is the wrong word, but the frustration of yeah. all the expense and how right. are we going to fix this? Mm-hmm. Once that wore off, I started thinking about everything I'd lived through in the last 20 years of owning a home. Right. And I remembered all the little problems. The first time we had a problem with the air conditioner, we had to just go out and spray the condenser unit off outside and clean out the fins. Yeah. And all of Very a sudden simple. it worked again. Yeah. Right. So I checked that could tick that one off. Everything was mm-hmm. fine. I'd already done that this spring. I knew that wasn't going to be an issue. Right. I checked the next thing because another couple of years ago, I ran into a problem where the condenser unit inside froze up mm-hmm. because I had not changed the air filter uh, as yes. religiously as I should. Uh-huh. So the airflow wasn't, wasn't working for me. Right. And that froze up. Mm-hmm. Once I'd made those changes, everything was working again. That was fine this time. So right. I went to the internet, found mm-hmm. a couple videos that recommended Looking at the unit outside, which is what the problem was, that yep. wasn't running. Right. Tried a number of things. All long story short, we pulled the power supply on it or the, the fuse so mm-hmm. that it wouldn't start up, took it apart, tightened some wires, made sure everything was fine, and got it running again. Never would have got there if I right. hadn't just jumped in and started working on it. Right. I guess the main point to take away is get your feet wet. Don't be so worried about, you know, this is big and I don't know what to do. Look on the internet. If you do end up hiring someone, walk through it with them. See what they look at. See... Just don't be that one obnoxious person that hangs no. over their shoulders. Well, What's no. that? What's Stand that? back a little bit, but ask them to walk you through what they're doing, what they're looking for, so that the next time you have this problem, you at least know where to start. Right. There's so much more we could talk about. The big thing is, don't be afraid to jump in. Right. But be safe if you do. <laughs> yes, don't get your feet too wet if you're and handling electricity. electricity. Right. <laughs> now, coming up after the break, we are in the studio with Andy Yates and Jennifer Butler talking about how to hire a designer. Stay tuned.
helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Betsy, mm-hmm. we're here with uh, Jennifer Butler and Andy Yates from Jennifer Butler Design in Grand Rapids. And then you've got offices in Boyne City and Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, we talked about that last time, so that's very cool. Mm. But our first introduction to you, we met you several years back, right? Yeah, three, four. Three, four years ago. We we did a designer event, Mm -hmm. a designer and architect event for RepcoLite, and Benjamin Moore came and presented the color of the year, and we've had these ever since then. Mm -hmm. But we actually decided several years ago we were going to give our best shot at getting people to the event, because previously in Grand Rapids we'd had three. Yes, and we decided three was one. not as Acceptable. many people as we wanted. So we came out and visited you. And we walked in, and I hope I have this right. But your office had a, a wood floor, right? An old wood floor? Yes, it does. And every step I took, <laughs> the floor creaked. And every time I took a step, you were on the other end of the room asking me a question. And I would take a step, and the floor would creak, and I didn't hear the question. <laughs> And then I would think, if I just move closer, so I would wait. You weren't asking me a question, so I took another step, just as you asked another question. I hit you, and I whispered, I got nothing. (laughs) I don't even know what we're talking about. Anyway, Uh I always remembered that. And so, if you pay attention, if we ever stop by, when we stop by again, I will find a spot very quickly and stay there. Our building is extremely old, and our floors make a lot. You can't sneak up on anyone on our floors. They're very loud, but there's beauty to that. People love it. They were very pretty, but I just kept thinking, stop taking steps, because you can't hear anything. Yeah, if you had just quit moving, you would have heard her. I'm a nervous pacer, and I was nervous. I know. Anyway. Anyway. We're glad you're here. Thank you very much, Dan. (laughs) Now, what we want to talk about is just the whole idea of hiring an interior designer. A lot of people really aren't sure, A, whether that's even something that's necessary. You know, why would I do that? I can do this on my own. Other people maybe think it might be necessary or might be nice, but figure it's just not something that maybe they can swing or, you know, economically or something like that. And other people just don't know where to even begin. So why don't we just talk a little bit about that? How do people, you know, I guess first off, who should hire an interior designer? Good question, Dan. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I like to pride myself on those. Here's what I say. Um, You know, many people view interior design, custom architecture, and the sort of ancillary parts of the building trade, the real design-heavy parts, as maybe the whipped cream or luxury services. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to hire a designer, but I can't afford it. Or I, I see things in the pages of... Architectural Digest or Great Lakes Magazine or whatever, and I know that they're multi-million dollar properties and there's no way that I'm going to be able to achieve that with my home. I would say anyone who feels like they're frustrated, um, helpless, they feel those feelings about their home or their business, they should probably consult with a designer. And while it might not be for everyone, There are definitely options for most budgets. For example, we have flat fee consultations that are no obligation beyond two hours of our time. One of us, Jennifer or I, we will go to a client's home or a business and just give them our best advice and best professional efforts on what will improve their space, make it more functional, make it more beautiful, and that's it. There's no commitment beyond that. 
And what's so valuable about that is if somebody's sort of testing the waters and they're unsure about whether or not they should hire a professional, it's a great way to do kind of the speed dating version of design. Ooh, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> it I like put- that. Set the timer for two way. hours and see what you get. What What do you discover? Like when you walk through a house, I mean, what are you helping people do? Do you just recommend some colors? I mean, or do you really get into all kinds of recommendations about what they can do to make their space? We let them drive the ship on what do they want to focus on. You know, they can pull together images. They can pull together their floor plan and just walk through specific areas. It it has to be what they can cover in two hours. First of all, we can't solve their life and all their problems in two hours. <laughs> However, well, well, then I guess I was going to be out. I was going to get all my bills out. But if we, but if we can focus on certain areas, you know, should they do a renovation? Um, there was one we did recently where the um, the person wanted to find out were they able to expand their kitchen and open it up and do some things Mm. to uh, a renovation that they wanted to do and we determined in that uh, walkthrough that their fireplace was backed up to their kitchen so anything's possible it's how much money do you want to spend and how involved do you want the project to be how long do you plan on living there and what's your investment Mm -hmm. you know what what kind of investment do you want to make it do you want to make it a long-term commitment or is this a short-term fix so you can sell the house we can focus on a couple of rooms um the overall should we do this should we sell should we move should we Mm -hmm. renovate we can just talk about that it's really Whatever they want to focus on, and um, it, we try to. We has to be a little more broad if they want to cover a large amount of items, or it can be much more detailed if they want to focus on maybe the, just their master suite. So someone could call you out if they had already gotten some ideas together. Okay, you know, I think I like these paint colors, and I think I'm looking at this bedspread, and I'm looking at this countertop for my master bath. They could have you come out, and you could go over it with them well you know maybe don't do these two things together maybe try this that's kind of something they could have help with yes um part of a short-term relationship with a designer versus a long-term relationship and i think that's that really distills down to the essence of like jennifer said what is your scope what are your priorities and what is your budget realistically Mm -hmm. so someone who is um undergoing a renovation or an an addition, some type of architectural project or construction project, I would say there should be a designer involved, Mm -hmm. whether or not that's hiring someone independent, whether or not you choose to only interview um, contractors or builders that have design services. I'll use that quote unquote design services because there are different levels and approaches Mm -hmm. in-house. There always should be someone who is advocating for your best interest in the way that designers do. And I think that's what really separates the good from the great. Um, We are going to advocate for the client's best interest within their budget, their time constraints, and what their priorities are every time. That can be a small, tighter budget where we have to be more creative with our solutions. Mm -hmm. Um, Or we can have clients with larger budgets where we get the ability to spend more time um, and really long-term planning so that you know that's a that's a deeper longer relationship there's so many different reasons to bring in a, in a designer into a given situation you know one of the things that i always think about is we encounter in the stores a lot of people who don't think wallpaper is in yeah. you know or is something that 
would you would mm-hmm. want to use anymore. They see it as something from the past. Nobody decorates with wallpaper anymore. And yet when we talk to designers who are doing amazing projects, wallpaper and wall coverings really play in to a lot of the design. And so if you're just doing this on your own and you don't consult outside of your own you know, understanding of how things are, you might miss the boat on a lot of different opportunities out there. Wall covering is definitely uh, being used, and I think it's it's something that allows you to bring in colors and textures and patterns that you can't do in other ways. Um, I was one of those people that didn't use it for a time, but that doesn't mean it wasn't in. You know, if you were looking at wall covering from the 70s, well, of course it's outdated. However, um, it's a question of, whether you like it or not, do you want to make changes constantly? Because then you may not want to have to remove it and replace sure. it, mm-hmm. fix the walls, go through all that. So are you a paint person that just wants a quick fix all the time? Or do you want that added color pattern texture that you can't get just with paint? Mm-hmm. So that, that that's a question. But it allows you to do some really fun things that you can't do right. purely with paint. Not that paint isn't great, Mm -hmm. and you can always use it on one wall and find a complementary color to the wall covering that you can provide in paint Mm -hmm. so that the room comes together nicely. There's all kinds of options um, for different price ranges, too. There's much more exquisite wall covering, hand-painted wall covering, Mm -hmm. all kinds of things that are in a much higher price range, but there's also more affordable options, too. Right. Well, and don't just go on what you think is available in wall coverings because I get a lot of people who say that well I've seen in I don't know magazines or whatever these wall coverings and I hate all of them and I say but there's like the east coast and the west coast that have design elements and we are right in the middle in the midwest and there are wall coverings for you you know it's not just what you see in magazines the the scope is huge well and i ask what magazine is that you're looking at you know if it's southern home you may not like it because you're not right. into floral right or maybe you don't like modern geometry you mm-hmm. know geometric patterns maybe you're more prone to something british right but you don't know what that looks like until you actually take a look mm-hmm. at it there are there's a myriad of options all right jennifer and andy we're running a little short on time on the segment can you hang with us for the next segment sure yeah perfect we'll be back in the studio with jennifer and andy after a break stay tuned if you want to take your diy skills up a rung the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. Thanks for listening, sticking with us over the break. Yeah. We're in the studio with Jennifer Butler and Andy Yates from Jennifer Butler Design. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about basically who should hire a designer mm-hmm. and why. You know, what do you right. get out of that? How does yeah. it change what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And now we want to get into in the last little bit. Maybe how we go about doing that. So, Jennifer, when hiring a designer, what are some of the things that we should be looking for just to make sure that we'll work well together and get where we want to go? Personality is huge. You know, do you see eye to eye? Does that person truly understand you? Do are they asking the right? Are they asking enough questions? Are they asking the right questions? Um, 
I think understanding what you want. Do you want the style that they're that they do and they only do one style mm-hmm. or are they going to seek out your style? What it what what is it you're looking for and how do you function based on your personality? I think there are different types of designers for different types of people, which is a good thing. Right. Yeah, I wanted to add to that one thing that Jennifer was mentioning is there's there's the practical considerations of hiring a designer and the emotional. So practically speaking, um, as she said, is this designer, do, do, do they have the education and experience? First of all, are you really looking for a business professional, not a hobbyist, not a part-time decorator? And there's nothing wrong with those things if that's what you're seeking. But for us, you know, we're educated, experienced designers um, who take this business and our clients' needs very seriously. So, you know, as if you were interviewing an employee, you might think about interviewing a designer. Um, check references, I always say. Talk to previous and past clients. Make sure they have mm-hmm. a, a legitimate website. Do you feel like from their portfolio, you see the quality and caliber of work that they do? Do you find that their references are abundant and glowing? Not maybe just from homeowners, but contractors they've also mm-hmm. worked with, architects. I think it's also important to understand during the interview process that you know they're interviewing us as designers, we're interviewing them as clients. It has to be a mutually beneficial, reciprocal fit, right? What we do is very intimate, uh, very personal, and it and it will be a long-lasting, close relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's not anything you want to rush into. We've we've been having conversations now with a couple of clients for a year. Um, we just signed a contract. It it has been that intense um, because of you know family issues, schedules. Many of our clients own more than one home. They travel around the world. They travel for work. So it isn't anything I would enter into lightly. And make sure that you're doing your due diligence. Um, don't make an emotional decision when it comes to hiring a professional. And really kind of go with your gut. If there are red flags, if it doesn't feel like Jennifer said, um, that somebody gets you, that the designer is a good fit, then it's okay to walk away from that and interview someone else. And you can always do a trial, just like you know when we offer a two-hour consultation. Oftentimes, that's to see if they're a good fit, where we can get a, a start and give them recommendations. But we're also seeing how they react to things, how they work, how they function, how they absorb what we're, what we're giving them. And if we see clearly that It just isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. We have to be honest, and they have to be honest. And it's not going to hurt anybody's feelings. It shouldn't. Because nobody wins if you push it through and you you decide to make this, you know, try to get through it. Because you're all in the house working, you know, you're you're always working together. And if you don't communicate well, you know, we talked to a builder about Mm -hmm. the same idea. And he said it just can be a train wreck. So he does the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's... How everybody works. You're everybody's interviewing everybody in those meetings. One would think everybody does that. I would hope everyone does. Yeah. It's it's in <laughs> right. everyone's best interest to really make a solid decision for yourself. And if it isn't working, time out and you know, this isn't working and then move on and mm-hmm. find a better fit. Right. I think that's it's so important. It's it is important to do that. It's important to know this is difficult. It's important to know when to quit. It's important to know when to say no. Mm-hmm. We've we've come into situations where clients are uh, fed up, you know, just really having difficult 
um, combative relationships with their architects or their builders, or they've had a relationship with a designer that didn't work and now they want to hire us. So, you know, that, that kind of conversation is like full stop. What wasn't working? Why do you feel like you weren't being heard? You know, you weren't being given the solutions that you, you asked for and needed. We really have to be able to understand, um, you know, in those situations, if it doesn't happen before you actually hire someone, you know, why did you say no? Why did you end this relationship? And how can we, if we are the right fit, be the ones to kind of come in and pick up the baton and say, all right, we know we can mm-hmm. really execute your vision and provide you what you need. It's Yeah, it's back to making sure that everybody's communicating, that right. the designer is listening to what you are saying and what you want to achieve and that you're listening to what they're recommending, you know, because maybe that will help you stretch outside of your bounds a little bit. Mm-hmm. We've talked to way too many people that just get roped into doing what the expert mm-hmm. says, no matter what they feel is right. right for them or not. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you at Jennifer Butler Design, How's the best way for them to do that? I know you've got a website. <laughs> we do. I think checking out our website, uh, jenniferbutler.design, or giving us a call, uh, 616-551-2168, or shooting us an email, um, info at jenniferbutler.design. Um, you can... Um, all ple- of those work? Yeah. <laughs> all of those work. I was going to say stop in, but... A, little, a phone call ahead of time was is always good just to make sure that we're available. You never know if right. we're there. We we never know when on any given day when we're going to be around. So people right. can go test out the creaky floor. The creaky floor. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Don't wear heels. Yeah. So we've we've yeah. had more than one um, accident. We've had more than one heel get stuck in the very old, wide <laughs> joints think I of wore our heels, bo- and I tiptoed over your floor. <laughs> We'll say flats are more practical. Yes. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Jennifer and Andy are tons of fun. Yes. Aren't they? Yes. I was very intimidated when they first came because (laughs) they are high end designers. Uh huh. Right? Yes. And we're us. Well, you're you. I know, I am. (laughs) Yes. And yet, I had so much fun talking to them. They are absolutely a blast. And we were just talking with them about wallpaper. Mm -hmm. And I've been reading through a lot of magazines recently. And I think just about every single one of them has featured wallpaper in some way, shape, or form. And it is not always on the wall. Maybe it's behind some bookshelves, you know, as the back to it. Maybe it's... Framed art. Yeah, I have seen that, and I have done that. There are all kinds of ways to use wallpaper other than just wallpapering a wall, and it is not what everyone thinks it is. It is so new and different. You know, it is very popular because there really is something for everyone when it comes to wallpaper. That's the thing. Everybody gets one particular thing in their mind, and it's what their grandma had. It's country, and it's tiny little prints. Right. It's tiny (laughs) prints, or it's plaid, or you name it. Whatever your grandma had, that's what you think wallpaper is. Right. And you think it's going to be wall to wall. Yes. Like if I buy wallpaper, I can't uh-huh. even help it. Somebody's right. going to come and install it wall to wall, whether I want it or not. Right. And it's going to be miserable to take down. Right. None of all that wrong. is true. <laughs> right. There's all kinds of stuff out there. Yeah. It's really worth taking a look. As we talked about in that interview, there's so much that you can bring to mm-hmm. a room yeah. that just paint alone can't do. 
Yeah. And as we were mentioning, it doesn't have to be on all the walls. It doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be on one wall. But right. using those patterns and using those colors can add so much interest to your space. And then you just fill in everything else with paint. Right. We have wallpaper books at all of our stores except our Jenison and Muskegon Port City Paints locations. Just not enough space. Yeah. They just, wallpaper books take up a lot of space and they just don't have the extra. So all the rest of our stores, you can give them a call, stop out, look at some of the wallpaper books and just see some of the interesting things that are out there. Even get the kids involved because there are oh, Marvel so and Star cool Wars. And... Some of my favorites are these Marvel borders that yeah. are that feature very old comic book covers. Uh-huh. They're you know, cool. All strung together. Yeah. Those are really, really cool. They are. Star Wars prints. Yep. You and I, we actually took one to a designer event yep. where we cut it into, you know, just a square, mm-hmm. yeah, framed, framed it. it. There's the Millennium Falcon. Yep. Almost in blueprint form. It was so it cool. Is cool. We had somebody walk by and say, how much you want for it? You just tell me <laughs> yes. I'm buying it. I that know. cool. Yeah. So much cool stuff. Right. And we're actually going to talk about paper in the next segment because we're going to talk about that roll top desk that we've been hinting at for I don't even know how long. We finally have it finished and we're going to walk you through some of the things we learned. That's coming up after the break. Stay tuned. want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Betsy, it's time. You've waited for this segment for weeks and weeks. I know. And it's go time. Yeah, I have been waiting on the edge of my seat for weeks to talk about this desk project. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little child's roll top desk that we purchased. It's perfect size for me. It is the perfect size for you. I just beat you to it. Well, it was a little rough around the edges, so we knew it was going to be a good project piece. You know, didn't look great, and we didn't really know what it was. But it was $25. (laughs) But it was $25. Who can go wrong with that? Well, and it was pretty solid. You know, we did the whole check the drawers thing and all that. Looked good. Brought it back with us. Did a little research. Found out it was a child's writing desk, roll top writing desk from the Sears catalog. Like 1926 back in the, or something. Yeah, 26 or We found the actual catalog yeah. page. You can go back yep. and look through old mm-hmm. Sears catalogs, which that alone was a ton of fun. Yes, that was. Found the exact desk. It was $17 when it was brand new. Yeah. So, so all these years later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we knew we didn't have some, you know, right. heirloom piece on our hands. Right. But- it was still something fun to work with. Yeah, and we were really excited to try new things, and we didn't really have a plan. You know, we knew, okay, we're going to have to take it apart, which was the first step. You know, that roll top, no matter what you had to do, that roll top had to come out so you could do whatever to it, and it gave you a little more access to the little mail slot thing that's in the back of the desk. So we tore all that stuff out to see what we had, see what the condition really of the wood was. And, you know, there were some holes and there were some issues. So we decided that the best plan of action was to find a theme and then see how we build around that. And we had just, not too long after we got this desk, talked about Thomas Jefferson and the whole chrome yellow thing at Monticello and how great the wood looked with it and the white. And we thought, well, you know, maybe we can build something around that. Yeah, that segment alone is really, really interesting. Just from the historical point of view, Mm -hmm. this crazy bright, face of the sun yellow that Thomas Jefferson used in his dining room right. at his home, Monticello, yep. is just beautiful. Mm. And we decided right when we saw it that we wanted to use it in some way. And yeah. we thought, 
with the like in, in the pictures of Monticello, mm-hmm. you see dark wood on the tables yeah. and stuff like that. It's just such a great accent. Right. So we thought that'd be a great way to incorporate it with his desk. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk about some of the things that we picked up. I mean, you kind of skimmed over them, but one of the things with the desk, it had a, a glaring problem on the very top of it. Not the writing surface, but yeah. the top. Somebody had attached a light, I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, they had screwed what it, it in. It oh, yeah. Holes. And they just really yeah. reefed on it. Yeah. So completely dented in the wood mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So even if we could strip out some of the stains that were left from that, the rust and things like that that got into the wood, we still had all these indentations. Right. So we knew we weren't going to be able to stain that. Right. We couldn't stain the entire desk just because of some of the imperfections that had happened over time. But the wood was so beautiful that we didn't want to paint over all of it. Right. So we started to think, this yellow is so strong anyway. We want to use that. But what if we'd use that and still allow certain pieces, Mm -hmm. parts of the desk, to remain stained in a very dark, rich color? Right. And since we didn't know at that particular point what pieces were going to be, what colors, what pieces were going to be stained, we decided to just strip the entire thing. Plus, this coincided with when they came out with the announcement that those heavy-duty chemical strippers were no longer going to be available um, only for commercial use. So we had to test some other green strippers, if you will, some earth-friendly ones. Yeah, because we didn't have them at that point. Right. And here, this is very interesting. We thought this was great because we tested a number of them that were available to us. Mm -hmm. Citrus Strip, which we've got in the stores now. Yes. One hands down. Oh, yeah. Yes, it takes a little bit longer to work, but in our we experience, thought it was great. Yeah, it worked really well. So we did that, got it all cleaned up, sanded what needed to be sanded, especially that roll top because it has a fabric backing. You know, there are the wood slats that roll. Well, there's a fabric backing that holds it all together. Don't strip that. No, we were really worried that if we put stripper on it, that everything might fall apart. So we just went in. There's a really cool tool. It's called a contour scraper. It has different blades that you can put on it that are different shapes for you yeah, know, Hyde manufactures it. Yeah, for scraping and contours. all these different tear shaped, yeah. squared off mm-hmm. blades. Yeah, yeah, like Betsy it's says. for woodwork and things yeah, like they that. They pop in and out. Mm-hmm. We've uh, run into tons of people who use them on like window restorations yeah. and stuff. You can really get at all kinds of different areas. There's a blade for almost any circumstance. Mm-hmm. They're not terribly expensive. We got them in our stores. If yeah. you do any wood refinishing at all. Mm-hmm. You got to take a look at these. Yeah. So we got everything done, prepped, ready to go. And then we had the conversation, okay, what gets that stained and what gets painted? That was the huge roadblock. <laughs> yeah. We had this idea. We're going to paint this piece and right. stain some parts of mm-hmm. it and did not anticipate how complicated that was going to yeah. be because you're looking at this desk trying yep. to figure out which is which. How do we convey yeah. you know, what we were inspired mm-hmm. by, which was Monticello, right. and yet not turn it into some gaudy piece? Right. And eventually we came up with a plan and just decided we're going to start there. You know, you can always paint over it. You can always sand off what you've done if you really don't like it, but you got to start somewhere. So we jumped in, we primed what needed to be primed and got everything ready. We did, there were some little stamps that someone had put in the drawers. Like mail stamps. Yeah. Holiday stamps from 1932 yeah, or something. something they like were that. very, very cool. Right. And we decided we wanted to preserve those. So we painted around around them and I got a little more inspiration from Monticello. There was actually um, some little cameo things that are on the mantle of the fireplace there. They're blue and white. So I found some wallpaper that is the same blue and white, not cameos, but you know, just kind of reminded me of it and 
put that in the drawers instead of painting the drawers. Mm -hmm. So cool. Put it around the stamps. You're going to have to look at the pictures. It's very awesome. Also- Are you going to talk about Anaglypta? I am going to talk about Anaglypta because, you know, the desk that has the edges, they're kind of flat, kind of boring. And what can we put there? Anaglypta, it's the paintable wallpaper, is fantastic. It adds texture. It adds a little bit of interest, but it's not like the overboard, wow, there's really a pattern there. Holy cow. When it's painted, it is amazing. That's not terribly expensive either. No, it applies nope. like regular paper using regular paste, right? Yeah, Most of the yep, time. Yep, regular paste. You don't even need to go to a clay-based paste. Nope. And all kinds of different patterns and literal textures. It turned out so cool. We put that on some side panels of the desk. Yep. And completely changes it. Yeah. And then we put this bright chrome yellow on. We went with Benjamin Moore's Aura. Yeah. Because again, everything works if you use the right products. Mm-hmm. You know, being aware of the different wallpapers that are out there, that helps right. you make some creative choices that you might not otherwise make. Right. And then when it comes to the paint, using the right paint mm-hmm. is going to make it so it's not a horrible, horrible experience. The wrong paint, which really is anything but aura when it right. comes to a yellow this bright. Right. You know, the, the the problem with paint, regular paint, is that it's just not going to cover. Mm-hmm. Yellows are notorious for not covering and hiding very well. Right. Aura is made to cover in two mm-hmm. coats and hide in two coats. Now, in this instance, this yellow is so bright, we had to use what they call it a foundation. Yeah, there's a yellow foundation that goes underneath, so the paint straight out of the can is yellow. It's kind of like a primer, but not really. It's kind of in between paint primer. I can't describe it. But it is bright yellow, so that helps the top coat cover much better. So that was the way we went with that. And then Advance... Yeah, Benjamin Moore's Advance. It's a water-based, oil-based, let's just say. It's an oil-based product that cleans up with soap and water. Our favorite. All kinds of cool chemistry involved in that. Right. But that's the bottom line. Yeah, we use that for the white because that's what we would traditionally have used if we weren't doing this bright yellow color. So we use that. And then we use the Old Masters Gel Stain for our stain because we wanted something that was darker. And let's face it, the wood on that was not completely cleaned out. I mean, there were still some stained places. And that gel stain helps cover it up a little bit better and even it out because it is just a little bit thicker. The whole thing was so much fun because we used so many different products. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the wallpaper and the the yellow, the bright mm-hmm. yellow against that rich wood tone. It's, it's fun. Sharp. It's, I guess you'd say, a little whimsical. It is a little bit. And mm-hmm. yet it's got this kind of traditional feel to it. Right. It's a great example of how you can take anything. Mm-hmm. And really, the sky's the limit. You right. can use it in any style of decor. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of being creative right. and working through some of the issues that <laughs> yes. you're obviously and inevitably going to run into. Right. And that's it. If you want to relive this episode and all of its ups and downs and thrilling hairpin turns. Yes, because it was fantastic. Yeah. You can find it online at repcolite.com. And make sure you're following us on Instagram because the pictures of that roll top desk are up there for your browsing pleasure. And whatever you do today, make sure that paint's a part of it. Remember, Port City Paints and Repcolite stores are all open till 3 o'clock waiting to see you. Right. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy. And we'll help you make sure that the next time something significant breaks in your home at 1130, (laughs) you're not running around panicking in your underpants. Like you. You're calmly going to the internet in your underpants and (laughs) searching Google for the answer. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 